0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost and Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari-Dorkin, and with me, as always, is a man who is apparently the inventor of both washing machines and the game Bop It.
1: <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and sometimes you've got to combine washing machines and Bop It to really
0: <laughs> confuse like poor people. I, okay, like, I, I, I do not have, so this movie came out what year? Sorry, I just read like it was 83, uh, right? Yes. So it was probably filmed late late 70s, early 80s, right? So we're still basically in the 70s, right? So I don't have personal working memories of washing machines and dryers from that era, but right. I can't imagine they changed that much in the in that much in the decade that followed because the washing machine I had at home, every washing machine I've ever owned until I moved to Japan was fundamentally a pretty had lots of had a decent number of buttons. Was fundamentally a very basic device to operate. Uh, right. This is the most like. There's no way this was a real washing machine. Is what I'm tra- trying to get to. That has like a countdown timer to like get your code it, entered in. It was a rich person washing machine,
1: the kind that today play a little Vivaldi when it finishes.
0: But like, it's harder than the washing machine I owned.
1: Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon. Uh, if you want us to buy a very fancy washing machine that we can't understand how to use, please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> no, no. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash criterion. For just a dollar a month, you get access to a to a bonus episode. We do a non criterion film over there. Uh, supporters get to vote on what it's going to be. Uh, have some real fun over there. With, uh, you know, usually a movie inspired by, uh, something we watched on the main podcast or, uh, sometimes just my, my own whims. Uh, but we also let users suggest lists or suggest movies that they hope win the list, win the vote. Uh, and usually if uh, your suggestion gets picked, we invite you on to the podcast. So we have guests over there a little more often. It's a real easy way to, to get in on things. Though I think we have a, we have a pretty standard, uh, lost in Criterion offer that if uh if you want to talk about a specific movie you know we're going to record soon you can be on the main podcast yeah too. I mean, just you ask. can basically just tell <laughs> yeah. us it's as long as the fine, scheduling works out just,
0: um yeah which, that's actually the biggest the which is the big hurdle the whole yeah
1: thing. uh but yeah um so that's a dollar a month for uh for a little extra we do a uh, we we thank those people on air five dollars a month, and uh, we only have one five dollars supporter right now. So thank you so much to Stephen Goldmeyer, who is our current five dollars supporter. He's a good friend, and uh, I like it. I like it that he's decided to give us money. <laughs> Thanks, friend. You don't need to. Yes, but thank you, do. you very much. Uh, anyway, um, one reason there's only one five dollars supporter though is I think that our ten dollar and above mark is really enticing. Um, Pat does a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently, and I get that. Print it up on a postcard, write a little personalized note, mail it off. Uh, So you like bespoke art, you like bespoke notes, uh, you like supporting the mail system. Uh, And who doesn't? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You can get that at $10 and above. And we uh, would like to thank those people on air as well. So thank you so much to Patrick Yalco, to Chris Otto, to uh, Michael McGrath, to... Jason Westhaver and Adam Speakerman, who are all our ten dollar and above supporters, uh, yeah, thanks so much. They seem to yeah, really, really enjoy do the art. Appreciate it. No, they they send me notes. They really do appreciate the art. They love they love what you have to offer. Uh, it's I can't I can't pretend that my notes are my little personalized notes are more enticing than the than the piece of art you're I, producing because they really
0: do love it. It warms my heart. It le- legitimately does. It makes me like. I, I, I'm I am very uncomfortable yeah. with uh with the idea of anybody telling me I'm good at something. Right, right. Uh or that they like something I do. But I do also very much appreciate it. If you want to see that art
1: yourself without dedicating to a ten dollar a month for at least one month to get one, uh you can head over to redbubble dot com and search for Lost and Criterion. We've got a back catalog of the uh, postcards on sort of a three month delay so that our supporters can enjoy them first and you can check them out. You can buy them if you like, uh, all of them are available as postcards or greeting cards. Uh, and some of them are available as buttons or stickers and some other, based on whatever they like look as as, as long as the art worked for it. I put it on a button. And some really, some really great stuff. There is one that we did have to take down because Toho threatened to sue us. Um, yes. Uh,
0: alas. Toho doesn't appreciate uh, our, our creative freedom. Yeah. It's Sorry. very sad. Redbubble.com.
1: Uh, search for Lost in Criterion to find that. That's really the easiest way to get there. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion if you want to support us. And thanks so much to those who do.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much.
1: So, Pat, this week we are talking about a 1983 movie, El Norte, uh, The North. Mm -hmm. It is uh, a joint British-American production. It was uh, funded in part by PBS, uh, directed by Gregory Nava. Yeah, can uh, can you imagine just the punditry that would pop up? if PBS uh, openly funded a movie like this today?
0: Like, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately. I
1: imagine it was even a thing then, honestly.
0: Oh, but. I'm sure it was. I mean, the difference is is that, like, that's the weird thing, right, is that, like, one of the the, the sort of kind of uh, a- uh, effects of sort of, I guess, the, the punditry combining with modern internet, like, fervor induction sort of thing is that, like, they can just suddenly like, while the that that fervor always built has been a thing building forever in mo- in like conservative punditry, like it sometimes took a lot more time to get there. Yeah, like now it would be like overnight, right? Like right. somebody will have like, like, whereas then it probably would have, but like also sometimes stuff just flew under the radar because like nobody noticed or something right. you know, to that effect. Yeah. Um, also, bear in mind this was also a time in American history where both sides did claim they wanted to reform, uh, like actively claim that they wanted to reform uh, immigration law. Right, right. Like both sides both, uh, both sort of parties would run on platforms of yeah. immigration reform. Right, right. This is a movie that just doesn't yeah. happen anymore. Really,
1: this is a movie about uh, two uh, siblings. Guatemalans, uh, young people, late teens, um, whose, uh, village is decimated by Guatemalan military forces and the Guatemala, the Guatemalan military, uh, Guatemala at the time was a, uh, military junta that had been in charge since the Americans backed them into power into, in, uh, the fifties, Of um, yeah, by the eighties, uh, uh you know the uh forces were you know i think we've we've talked before about sort of the uh you know the pan latin american uh pushes for you know freedom movements to throw off the shackles of of colonialism and its its remnants um and yeah uh we talked about it a little bit with the missing episode and missings. Different right. here missing centers the experiences of you know a white journalist with the uh, with the Chilean coup in the background whereas this actually does center uh, uh, you know not just indigenous people but but Mayans in particular you know a lot of for the first like hour of this movie there's not a word of English spoken and you know a good chunk of what is spoken is Mayan language not even Spanish. Um, Right. I that
0: was very that part of this movie was very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in in a good way. It was not like, you know, I didn't really do a lot of pre-reading prep or anything like that, but like, you know, I, it's just not what I expected. Yeah. Like yeah, based on experience with watching movies made by people so from America right. or whereabouts. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Uh Nava made this movie sort of based on you know, he he, he comes from what he calls a border family. Uh, so he lived in uh, Southern California, but he had family in Tijuana, and they would cross the border frequently to go visit family uh, multiple times a week, he says. Um, but also there were, you know, communities uh, in Los Angeles and other parts of Southern California that he experienced, you know, like whole Mayan towns that uprooted and moved in moss. To, to relocate into neighborhoods in LA um, where they all just you know lived in houses next to each other. And it was the whole community, at least everyone who survived. Um, this right. is... Uh, immigration in 83 was not that different. Um, I think probably the biggest change and perhaps the only change is that uh, they come through... Tijuana into San Diego directly. Uh right. whereas um those main city ports of entry have become a little even more militarized uh and has pushed the uh pushed the clandestine passage into well, the deserts of Arizona more than anything. Right. 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 That
0: that that's one one difference. I would say that like again, this is not an area of my personal expertise or anything like that but just casual observation is that i would say a big difference seems to be that like america has stepped up the militarization of the people whose job it is to yeah quote unquote protect the borders like like they they have co- like and again this movie is not like the the sort of uh last word on what they had or anything like that but like Everything I've read is that the amount of money dumped into that yeah that organization is far and it exceeds like what like for example just like general uh sort of like keeping up with inflation would do yeah. right like they've America dumps has dumped a lot of money into quote unquote border protection right
1: so i have uh i'd like to i'd like to start this off with a little like, a reading from a from a book i own called no wall they can build uh it's mm-hmm. put out by crimethink um is the publisher uh ex workers collective is is uh sort of their description of themselves um it was written anonymously by a volunteer for an organization called no more deaths no more deaths uh pretty frequently gets arrested uh but their mm-hmm. uh their org's uh purpose is to Keep people from dying in the desert uh, right. they do water drops they pick people up get them resources uh, and as such they are at heads with the uh, U.S. government um, but there is a particular paragraph in the introduction that I think uh, sort of lays the tone even back to 83 of the atmosphere of what this movie is dealing with that I'd like to read North America compromises a single economy which is divided by two major borders. One runs between the United States and Mexico, the other between Mexico and Guatemala. Many people are compelled to migrate across these borders by pressures largely beyond their control. The objective of both American and Mexican border policy is not to stop this migration, but to manage and control it, to benefit, I'm sorry, to the benefit of identifiable sectors of both societies and with the deaths of thousands of people as the predictable and intended results ultimately immigration controls in this part of the world amount to a form of systematic segregation in which the movements and civil rights of certain people are curtailed due to place of birth in other words apartheid uh but what well, I think that whole paragraph's important, um, and that's why I read it. Uh, what I really think, uh, the framing's interesting, of positioning North America as a single economy, right? And, right,
0: I mean, and I've heard that right. argument made before. Right. It's a pr- fairly common. Yeah,
1: and this movie spends a lot less um, on the Guatemalan border crossing, but they do make they do make allusions to to that being as militarized right. as, as what they had. Like, the, the, the driver they first encounter is surprised that they were able to make it over that border, right? Right. Um, and, you know, Guatemala is in an active civil war at that time, so even getting to the border was its own thing. But, uh, you know, it is still a dangerous and militarized border. And part of more recent U.S. policy has been to Uh fund the reinforcement of that border, the Mexico-Guatemala border. Uh, The Trump administration put in place a remain in Mexico policy uh, because Hmm. legally, uh, (laughs) legally, if you make it into the U.S. and make an asylum claim, they can't kick you out. So the Trump administration's solution to that issue was to just not let people in. Uh right, creating uh, you know, an even worse version of the shanty town that we see in Tijuana in in this film. Uh a version where people are actively kidnapped uh and held for ransom. Um it's uh it's bad. It's very bad. And the uh the current administration uh Did not immediately stop that. Uh, They have, uh, in the last week, as of this recording, they have uh, they have uh, dismantled that policy. Um, But
0: right, I mean, and but the the (laughs) pace at which they did that really gives away the game in terms of like there's no there exists no party and no like national party in power that has any interest in dismantling this right. system because this system, as you pointed out, directly benefits those in power. Right. right? Like, right. It, it is, it is class. I mean, it's classic Marxism, right. In the sense that like, like, well, not Marxism, but like analysis, right. That uh, like, we have to have that inside and that outside. Right. And like, this is a really, really, really easy way to generate that. Right. Like you, you in theory have control over this line where you can directly determine the amount and what groups are your your sort of outside that feeds into your to to you the, the inside's growth, right? right? Uh, and and like you you this is like it's just so easy for them right to do this here. Yeah, like I think the one thing that this movie doesn't get into, which makes sense for the time it was made and a lot of that stuff, is is really the fundamental reasons why this happens. Yes. Like at at the core reasons why this happens, it mm. it 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 kind of does that thing where like the border is this sort of implacable enigma thing, where like we're not going to discuss why any of it's happening. Where it's like, oh, it's it's, and and that makes sense. It, it does a little bit right. Like the thing the dad says is sort of the thesis of the movie and is a good one. But then the movie only semi engages with it on a, on a purely philosophical level. Right. Right. Uh, right. This movie is
1: borderline apolitical.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, um, well, it's certainly, that seems to be it's goal.
1: Or it's right? that, that's its goal. Right. It's, it's not apolitical because as we, <laughs> it, it is a solid foundation of this podcast that nothing is apolitical. Right. But yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a movie that is not concerned with examining the politics. Uh, broadly, it is very concerned about examining the plight of individuals and it does not, it does not posit that this all happens in a vacuum, right? You know, there are reasons in Guatemala that force them. And those reasons are political because their, their father uh, has uh, is attempting to throw off the shackles of uh, a capitalist environment. He is attempting to unionize the uh uh the boss uh calls in the army to stop that unionization yeah. and the army uh destroys their village uh kidnaps the mother right. kills the father beheads the father hangs his head from a tree as a warning uh and while that is symbolism that pops up at the end of the movie as well uh it is also a literal thing that happens <laughs> You know, in the narrative of the film, uh, right, right. There are there are moments in this film where there are magical realism symbolism things going on, um, but that is still a literal thing that happens, uh, and it is you know it doesn't explore why those people are in power necessarily, um, and as I said, you know it goes back to a military coup. That
0: right right was backed by uh, the yeah, u s uh, government but well uh, and that's where I, that's where I was kind of going yeah. was where I wanted to go in, in a couple of different places in the movie right is that like that that the root cause of like the movie's like well they came in from outside they're outsiders they came in that is an accurate representation of what happened but like does it it again paints that that sort of capitalist takeover as being enigmatic as though it like it, as though it's a force of nature that just happened because, like, that's what, right. right? like It's like it's described to a certain extent in the way that one would describe like the weather, like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, the you know the 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 hurricane came, yeah. Like, yeah, but like there was some people driving the hurricane here, like, <laughs> like there were the hurricane had people behind the wheel, um, and, and it and like. It seems like it kind of wants to have a little bit of both worlds in that way. Uh in the sense that it wants to have that that fundamental political statement of like, well, you know, they came in, they took our land and and we had to stand up for ourselves and and like they only want you for your labor. But then like it kind of at that point stops and it's like uh, who wants your labor and why? Right. And like why 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 do they feel empowered to do this? And I, like I don't know, it's Yeah, it's it struggles a little bit in that capacity. It's still what it does talk about. It does a good job of talking about. But but it, it sort of puts it into the sort of like even more when it gets to the United States, it puts it into the sort of like individual actors territory instead of like systematic things. Right. Like. Which is always sort of right. problematic, right? Right, like, right. exactly. So it's not just... It's not, just, it's, just not these, it's not these six people we see on the screen that are doing this to... It's, it, it's a system that does this to people. Right, right. And that's, you know...
1: It is not necessarily a failing of the movie, but it is... No. It is perhaps an issue of the movie in that you can, you can watch this movie, and you and I can watch this movie and say, well, this diagnosis, the problem and we can see the manifestations of what we want to change in the world, right? But right. You know, The average liberal can watch this movie and say the same thing, but come to very different have very different meaning in what they think needs to be changed and what this movie reinforces
0: as as what needs right. to be changed, right? And 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 I would say that 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 is a failing because the movie you can just if you watch the making of you, you automatically like you just listen to the people who made the movie talk about the movie, and you're like, "Oh, you're." I know why this movie is exactly why it, right, right, right. The way it is, the way it is. Like you do identify this as a well. If we just get those bad apples out of the out of the bushel, right. Even everything will be like we can we can we can like. And it's hard too because like listening to them talk about it,
1: I really get that feeling. I think you're accurate, but at the same time, this movie ends with a very, very explicit parallelism between their life in Guatemala and their life in the U.S.
0: The strong arm comment, right? Comments, and that's what's right? weird Period. is that, like, when you listen to even the the director yeah. of this movie talk, it does not appear that he would believe that parallel is real, right? Right. Like and that's I mean weird. I guess okay I here's where I will say it. I do believe he believes that that they are that they are exploited there and they are exploited here. Like that's that's a thing that he believes, right? That I, and that parallel I think that's the parallelism he's going for. Yeah. But he I don't believe based on the I- interviews and stuff that the director is willing to take it the next step further of understanding he's understanding he's willing to understand what happens. Even possibly how it happens. And and the but the diagnosis ends right. will never go as far as to why it there happens. Is, there
1: is certainly a thing that this is while this director is, is closer to the reality of what he's talking about than say you and I are, uh, it is still not his story or even his family's story. Right. Overtly, right?
0: But Exactly. But I will say I mean it could it could be in many more ways probably if you if we did an interview with the director now. Right. In many ways I imagine the interview might be even different than what we have here because things have changed a lot for those border families too. Right. In the last you know 12 to 13 years. Right. And so you know there was uh
1: There was sort of a revival of this movie in 2019 for the 35th anniversary. Uh, and in that, Nava describes this as uh, in press around that. You know, he definitely describes it as the most important movie he's ever made, right? And I think there's probably a, a steady line of him, of his politics changing, right? And maybe in '83 he really was on board, but then when that when that interview, the behind the scenes stuff was recorded, this is after he made say Selena. Uh, it was after right. he became uh, a more established director, and and the context of his own life has changed to the point where maybe he's not willing to be as hard lined as he
0: would have been in '83. Right. Right, and we will, we we will never know like what he was like yeah. in 83. Just what also like,
1: the impetus to write this movie was a dinner party in Los Angeles in 81.
0: So like <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Like I mean you know? there's there's a lot of like not to be like kind of I feel like I'm at such a risk of being a complete asshole about this movie. Right. And I don't want to be cuz I really did like a lot about this movie. Yeah. It's really it It is a very good movie, and, like, it's very easy for people who want to take what you and I would take from it to take it. Like, it's there. The material's there. Right. Um, but, like, everything in the description, the, the the making of, in many ways, ruined the movie that, for me.
1: No, that's accurate. I, I really think Meeting that's Meeting the people
0: who made this movie, especially the director and the producer, made me kind of uncomfortable about having liked the movie. Yeah. Um... To a certain extent, I still do believe that what they made was is a valuable thing to exist in the in the world. Uh, is it is a it is a is a net positive for the world to exist? Yeah. But like, boy, howdy, are they like the most neoliberal people you would ever see put to screen? All right. So, and very much, and very, and very Hollywood too. Right. At the same time, like very like, right. oh well, you know, there's lots of talk of dinner parties. And especially, like not to be mean, but the way the producer talks has that sort of like that detached liberal feeling of like the way people talk about immigration, where it's like I don't know how to describe it. There's a way you talk about people where like those it's still those people. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was very woo boy a, at the risk of of reading too much. Of,
1: of, of putting too many outside sources into this. Uh, I have just found a Deadline interview with Nava from 2019 on the 35th anniversary. And Deadline asks, he says, You mentioned that El Norte does not, doesn't have an overt political message. And it's true. The film is more heartfelt and human, humanistic. In a way, though, that makes it far more effective at communicating and winning the hearts and minds of audiences. In the end, it's politically effective by starting politically neutral, which is an insightful question, I will say. Uh, Nava responds, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And that was my point of view when I made the movie. We didn't want to get political. We wanted to avoid any polemics. It had to be made entirely from Rosa and Enrique's point of view, doing only what they do and experiencing it through their eyes what a drama can do is tell a human story reveal a heart and soul that was one of the first things that roger ebert said about the movie he said greg this is one of the most powerful political films ever because it's not political and that makes it more powerful politically it lets people come to the story and make their own conclusions and contemplate their own feelings about it uh he goes on then but i'll stop there um and I think, you know, that's essentially what we've just said, right? <laughs> yeah, but right. but there, is, there is sort of a problem in that. And also, you know, they are kids, so there's that. But, you know, he's, he's in on what his dad's doing, right? Enrique wants to join up with his dad, and his dad says, no, you're too young, right. not yet. So, like, Enrique's got that political... They have been guided by by someone with a very strong political stance here, right? And a, right. and a mom who sort of wants to keep her head down and not rock the boat, but but a dad who is an active organizer, right? And how yeah that affects people, you know, that affects what how Enrique and Rosa view the world as they're moving through it, um, right. right. And I think we. The further we get from Guatemala, the less, the less they are sort of inhabiting the world their father inhabited, right?
0: Right. Um, Which I mean, in in its own way, is accurate, except for like, right. I, my my issue is that like you, they still have a fundamental worldview that that that, and it, and it feels like part of coming to the United States is that like it's almost, there's almost a movie almost is making a statement like, Oh, that worldview is no longer relevant here. Right. To a certain extent. Like, and that's, we would, we can identify as being wildly inaccurate. Right. Um, Like in, you know, when he, when he arrives, when they arrive, but like we, we, we do focus to a certain extent more on him in a lot of ways, like because he is more, the more explicitly political of the two um, in in the early part of the movie, like not by a lot, but yeah. well, he does commit a murder, like, so there is that. Well, I mean, but it's that it is, yeah, but like that's I would say that the that movie is that also is one of the most very careful to frame that one, as a in self defense one of the most of
1: justifiable killings that we have ever seen in any movie that we've watched,
0: right? <laughs> exactly, so it's like it doesn't it kind of doesn't count because yeah. he he. Hit, the closest we get to him making a political statement is when he says he wants to come with his dad. Yeah. We never really and and so what I'm saying is is that there we get the very most mild of a political statement you could kind of ever imagine. And then we really kind of abandoned it and for for quite a bit of the movie uh where like he's not he never it's not that hard to have a line where he talks about his feelings. Right. Uh, Especially his feelings about coming. It's not that... I don't see it as being that hard for a person who sees his family being exploited as, like, just hands to do labor in, in Guatemala getting to America and being like, oh, shit, I'm in the exact same situation I was down there. Right. I mean almost to a T it's not a hard line to write into the movie and he doesn't he ne- he never overtly recognizes
1: that we do see him depressed and there's the implication of the ending with the shot of the head in the tree again right which is the closest we that get perhaps to it, right? he like has
0: that and then him
1: he has fallen into despair and perhaps a deadly despair right, I mean in that but
0: right and that's combined with him hearing thinking about his father. Fo- the ending is the closest we get to an actual political statement in right. the movie uh, because the ending he he also very clearly thinks about his what his father said right and then has to shout well i have strong arms yes to get the job right. like he right. has to sell the thing that like his father didn't want for his family right? right um and and then there's the despair at the end which is which is close to a political i mean it's it's a it is i will give it like a six or a seven on the political scale kind of like (laughs) if we're gonna make it a a weird scale right like I mean it's there but the thing is is that because we we don't have a lot of build up to that in terms of like actual political thought what we end up with at the end is as you said very easy to read as also fitting fully comfortably into neoliberal ideals about like how to quote unquote reform and it doesn't
1: it doesn't even like at no point through their journey is he thinking politically, right? And that's really what right. gets me, because you know he, they are raised in this worldview, right? So, right. you know, it's it's how they should be interpreting what they're interacting with, instead of right. You know, it's a series of things that sort of happen to them, and they right. And I think that's and they react yeah, as, yeah. as as
0: at times yokels, like right. I mean, and right.
1: And they are characters.
0: Which you know, is maybe accurate, in in as much as like, well, yeah, the yeah. the person from the middle of nowhere might be a bit of a yokel right, when right, it comes to right. getting to of a Of course, a bigger. You know, place, there are right.
1: there are things they don't understand about the world, and and obviously, you know, um, and they are they are extra marginalized people, being indigenous, being Mayan, um, you know, they are even marginalized within their own country because you know the the military action in the 80s uh by the, Gua- the guatemalan junta wasn't just uh anti-marxist anti uh unionization it was explicitly anti-mayan um
0: right i mean yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, not that's not a, something how not
1: we see repeated right. a lot right. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um and you know we get we get the uh, sort of uh stereotyping xenophobia of uh of everyone they encounter as they travel through mexico right and having to pretend to be mexican even to other mexicans even after they're in the u.s right they they still complain continue to claim to be from southern mexico uh so it's yeah it's just the fact that neither enrique or rosa seem to carry with them the emotional impact of the things that happened to them right before they leave Guatemala. Like even, right. like even her over religious experiences as she's leaving, right? She goes to the church, she prays in the church. Uh, and then she has that encounter with the sisters, the house that her mother had told her not to approach earlier, who seem to be some sort of, uh, which is really (laughs) is how they're presented. Right. Um, and they just chant, you know, where are you going? Rosa? Where are you going? Rosa? Uh, and neither of them seem to, to carry the impact and yeah, it's trauma that they want to bury. So there is
0: that too. Right. but But like, but trauma you bury still influences your personality and who you are as a person. And, and we don't see it manifest a lot. Yeah. Um, to the point where also we don't even see, uh, we don't even, uh, uh, we don't even actually see what, frankly, the experiences of that they're they're having should either grind this, they, they should be affecting them some way or the other, right? Like, and th- and they don't seem to be actually being that affected by their experiences, right. um, and like you know, because like you know if you're contextualizing your experiences based on what you've what's happened before you're it's either going to it's going to shift those that that understanding of the world one way or the other right like it's not going to like come out i don't there's no neutral and there's and it certainly won't come out neutral if you're going through this sort of like hell to get to america right and then only to arrive in america and discover america also sucks yeah. it's just uh,
1: you know i guess really what it boils down to me is that We get this explicitness at the beginning that their father died attempting to unionize, and they know that. Right. Their father was murdered attempting to unionize because of what he was doing. And then he gets to North America and just sort of slides into the, you know, absolutely uh, soul-crushing, resistance-crushing machinery of the American economy, certainly. Right. Right. But, but even like, you know, he almost gets on the plane to go be the, to go be the foreman. Right. Like, you know, there should be, there should be some acknowledgement that a foreman position maybe isn't exactly what your father would want for you, right?
0: Right, Uh, right. Well, exactly. And, and that's the thing, right? Is that like a thing that kind of like you, the movie could go either way. It could choose either thing. It could be like either like this radicalizes him more or like it just he his takeaway from this entire experience is like i need to be as unpolitical as humanly possible right. right uh like almost like like gray color neutral right like uh but it's not really either right because and the reason it's not really either is because we don't get a lot of his internal processes in the movie, right? Like we don't get to know what he's thinking about very much, right? Or she's thinking about very much. Like we don't really, like we get a little bit more from her because, like she has Nacha as a as a as a counterpoint, somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. and and can be like at least like talk about like the women she sees at the at the laundry and like, and and some of those things, which right. gives some internal life to like what she's thinking about. Whereas uh, with him, like, it's really He's very, got that like, other busser who, who he goes to the bar with. Right, but we but don't spend not, actually that yeah. much time talking to him. Uh, uh, unfortunately, to the detriment, I think, of the movie in many ways, right? Like, having, I think, a, a detriment to the movie is the fact that Enrique doesn't yeah. talk to the other busser enough to, like, express his internal well, Sort
1: life. of the flip side to that is that Enrique also has the foil in the Chicano guy who calls immigration on him. Um, right, but yeah, it's you know, I have, I have for you know since graduating college, I have worked hospitality jobs, food and beverage industry jobs. I have worked with a lot of undocumented Latin Americans over my time, and I have, you know, experienced the uh, the indifference. And perhaps even exhibited the indifference of, oh, that cook's not going to be at work anymore because he got deported and the job has to go on. So I'm not surprised by those interactions from, you know, like like after immigration shows up at the restaurant and the maitre d's uh, blaming the, uh, the head waiter for, you know the guy who hired Enrique to begin with is like, well, how was I supposed to know they were just going to run away? It's like, well, you saw him like, great, <laughs> like, you know what just happened. So like, right. Yeah. you're you, not, and
0: this is probably not the first time yeah, this is, but happened. they won't openly like,
1: talk about what just happened. Right. Right. Um, and that's, you know, very common, right? Well, because it's, right. it's the shadow then, industry, this underclass that we don't even acknowledge as we, as we function with them, wholly function with them. The world would, the U.S. economy would stop if we actually, if we <laughs> actually makes that stopped that one character
0: whose name I can't remember, probably the most, one of the most like, like, uh, I guess maybe, who was that? What was the name of that character? Uh, the guy who like kind of put puts them up in the ho- the hotel. Oh, yeah. Sort of, I don't uh, even I don't know, know if he's actually named, is, like, but he's, he's. Like job, he's got a name because they call him something in the remember. movie and yeah. I just can't. Remember what it was, but like they, and the, and the cast list is not helpful because everybody only has like a first name, uh, and like I can't remember anyway. But like the movie, like he he makes that explicit statement of like uh, uh, about the the like the way the like I mean he he couches it in, in a in a nightmare like pro. This capitalist nightmare world is good, and we're doing good work by keeping it going, sort of thing. In in at least some sarcasm, you know what I mean. Like it's it's very clear that he is very aware of his situation and the situation of the people he's he's uh, right. sort of he is this middle manager of this, yeah, taking care. Right, of. he's <laughs> he's well, I say it very much
1: in air quotes, but like I mean, he's I mean, he's, he's he's essentially a pimp but there's no right, there's no overt sex work that we see happening here but
0: right and yeah
1: but that is yeah. that is his position he provides them uh bad housing uh and uh and pays the coyote for them right uh and then, well yeah i
0: mean which is yeah really and then exciting, no doubt gets yeah.
1: gets kickback yeah. from uh from the the um garment industry people and and whoever else, you know, at right. least from the garment industry people, he is definitely getting a kickback because Mr. Cho calls him when the immigration shows up and says, "What am I supposed to do?" And he says, what do "You mean what are you supposed to do? I got all these babies now, uh, right? Yeah." You know. And you know, it's it's hints at this situation, but so much of this movie is just things happening to Enrique and Rosa. And they almost like blank slate reacting to it. Right?
0: Right. And I I guess that's my real and sort that's, of problem that's with it. That's my like, real problem yeah.
1: with it. Is that, you know, he he talks about wanting to give voice to the voiceless, but he doesn't even really give voice to Enrique and Rosa. His main, character, his main characters, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 weird there, you know. And and so much it is tragedy after tragedy happening to them and and that's not great. Well,
0: even right. if it and is I realistic what, uh right, and I think the issue that we're running into here is that that like we do see their life improving and stuff uh as time goes on, and like I guess that's sort of like the counterbalance of that tragedy and maybe yeah. it's supposed to heighten that tragedy. The issue that you see here, I think, is the fact that um in service of being politically neutral and achieving the goal that they both, the director and the producer, talk about, which is to humanize this group of people. Like, there's a limit to how far that political goal... Because that is still, you know... It is still a political goal. How far it goes, right? Like, humanizing doesn't require them to actually... (laughs) This is really weird, but... Like, humanizing them doesn't require to actually make them human. Um, in in this sort of movie, right? Because here's, like, here's where I get the it, it's problem. It's kind of like yeah, I think ahead.
1: you're you're accurate. Your thread is accurate here, but the real issue for me is that it is a concept of humanization that equates to a assimilation. Yeah, no, that's true. That that's they, true. I become, was they become that human by becoming more human. like us. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Totally. Exactly. It's that like well, they're just like us, yeah. right? the 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 statement they're just like us has an implicit like separation between you and whoever you're talking about right because you're already saying like well like that group of people they're not us but they're just like us has a there's a distance that exists there that makes sure they are still the other right um they're human but they're still the other and then i i would argue that like the the second level of that is that it it sort of equates human with tragedy? Yeah. With this this idea that like by watching it's like disaster porn. It's like it's like what we deal with even at a even high, more heightened level now in modern society where it's like well we'll just like like we'll watch tragedy like we'll just we only can connect they own the belief that you can only connect to people who are undergoing tragedy at the time. I meant tragedy porn, sorry, not disaster right. porn. Disaster porn is a genre of movie which is uh was very popular when we were <laughs> that's, true. Uh, young. that's true and we should watch all the movies about volcanoes at some point um anyway and meteors at the same time uh but like my point is like they, they there's this i've encountered a lot before and like you you have to i'm sure like there's this thing where like i need to make the audience understand these are humans so the easiest way to do that in my mind is i will just blast them with tragedy right their life will just be a constant slog through hell, in which what you will gain from it is well, what well, their lives are bad. You're not actually humanizing them. You're just trying to make your audience like pity them, feel sorry. Right? Pity is not humanizing. Like right. you're not humanizing. Like humanizing them is watching the whole gambit of human emotions unfold and 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 understanding like people's sort of internal lives and 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 yeah. they, like the movie because it needs to tell this tragedy jump essentially just jumps from right. point of misery to point of misery without ever having that much of the sort of hot, like positive things that happen in between and like personal. We get a little bit, right? Like they get like the, the English school and they. I think it's partially because like despite being two and a half hours long, the movie two and a half hours isn't. It's not really like, enough, being right? So it broad. doesn't, yeah. Well, because the movie's too broad, right. right? Like the movie tries to cover their entire like from Guatemala all the way to being like in America for some unknown amount of time. Yeah,
1: but also ignores their entire flight through Mexico. You know, they get into right. Mexico and which then is they're b- in Taiwan. Problem, too. right? You know,
0: right? Yeah, and 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 somehow that's not enough time for the movie to also make their their true humanity apparent. Right. Um, which is startling because two and a half hours is a long time. Yeah, it's. Uh,
1: So the essay for this one is uh, written by um, Hector Tobar, um, who is a journalist out of L.A. Um, He's written a few books. I think his most recent book was, uh, well, I think he wrote a novel since then, but he did um, the 2010 Chilean minor incident where the 33 men were trapped underground. Um, Mm -hmm. He wrote the official book, of that, which was turned into the movie The Thirty Three in 2015, um, they actually they took a vote while still underground because uh, they didn't want any individual one of them to profit from it more than anyone right. else. So they voted on who they were going to exclusively give the rights to, and they they picked Tobar um, <laughs> while they were still while they were still in the in the mine, uh, which is crazy to me. But uh, right, but you know they were. <laughs> They were thinking about their future of after they get out. So there is that point of hope that I guess they needed to hold on to right. too. Uh but anyway. Um uh Tobar does something interesting in the essay that that really is very good. Um in comparing this whole tale to the Grapes of Wrath. Um right. and comparing their plight to the plight of uh the Okies, um, the family uh They're okies. They're from Oklahoma. I can't remember the family's name, Uh, but this view of uh, California as heaven, and and this view of you know the reality of the situation when they revive in California that the grapes of wrath does too, right? Uh, That you know it is not the exploitation they are facing is the same, Uh, and I think. I think by showing without context and only through the eyes of sort of politically naive characters, we don't get how exploited they necessarily are until it really hits us on the head in that last two minutes. Um, right. Yeah. Cause like the white woman who offers him the job as the foreman in Chicago is asking him to do an atrocious thing. To leave his sister, right? No family right, can come. Absolutely. And maybe he'll get a green card after a year
0: or two. Uh right. Which, which, like, the funny thing is, is we, we know is, like, the movie's weird in the sense. Sorry to like derail yeah, your no, thought, sorry. but like, the movie's weird in the sense that like, we know that's bullshit. Right. He's not getting a green card out of this. But the movie also wants to buy in us to buy into oh, it. It's very a little bit, right? Yeah, like it's very strange. Like we're supposed to both understand that and you guys naive, and that this is bullshit. But also, like the movie really wants us to us the audience to also be naive and be like, "Oh well, he, I mean, he could get it. It could happen." Because there's no no, he
1: won't. There's no extra. What? Literally, everyone he's encountered, with the exception of maybe one coworker, is exploiting him. Right. So that is the only right. the only right. reality he knows. So someone exploiting him more doesn't trigger any alarm bells for him, and that's really a problem. When the most traumatic incident of his youth, that triggered this journey north, was his father fighting against identical exploitation,
0: right? Right. It, it, I mean, the movie is is legitimately quite problematic in the in in what we're talking about, and it's it's. <sighs> I don't know. It, it is hard for that to be true, and also be it be a movie that I still think is a valuable movie to exist. Um, yeah, and know. maybe
1: it's, it's uh, yeah. part of it is, is too that we don't really get any home time. With both of them, once they get to
0: America, no, yeah, with
1: yeah, neither absolutely. of them really a Neither of them really unpacking the situation that they find themselves in America, and maybe that's that's accurate too. That they've gotta they've gotta work so hard and keep the money coming in order to to fund this exploitive system that they're in, so they don't sir- starve. And you know that's the reality of of you know my life too, right? You know, I right, right. I have become, yeah, I, mean, I have been able to yeah. become much more politically engaged. Uh, not that I wasn't, but I have been able to become more so because I am no longer working a job just for healthcare That takes up all of my time and all of my physical strength, right?
2: Right,
0: right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, and that's the thing, right? Is that, like, but the thing is, is, like, yeah, you, you have been able to become more politically active, but that doesn't mean you didn't have... Political, political thoughts, thoughts before right? You... Absolutely. And Absolutely. the problem is, is the movie fundamentally equates those things to being equal yeah. and the same. And so, like, because like we just need, we just need these characters to have internal lives. Yeah. And they just and like I, like I said, Enrique has a little bit less than Rosa does, but neither of them has like enormously complex internal lives in the movie. Right. In and I think that's because, again, we're like humanization this isn't actual humanization not that that's a thing anyway but like what I mean is like it's not the movie's not actually even trying to do that thing that is bullshit
1: it the thing is though it makes some feints to it sometimes like we get Enrique's dream on the bus about the Guatemalan right. uh, captain or whatever is still chasing him and slitting his throat we get right the argument in the shack in Tijuana about whether or not Rosa actually misses Guatemala if she's homesick. And, like, we need another conversation like that happening.
0: Right. And keep in mind, all those conversations, like, all that material stops as soon as they get to America. It really does. We don't experience anything like that after they're in America. Right. And Nikkei doesn't have any sort of, any more PTSD type stuff at all. Uh, Like, Rosa doesn't doesn't and until, talk about home at until all. Until Rosa's fever either of them talk about yeah, home at until all.
1: Until Rosa's fever dream, we don't get any magical realism in America. Right. Right.
0: Which I'm okay I'm okay with no magical realism in America as a as a point of observation about like yeah. how maybe <laughs> right. like you know <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. That is right? interesting. Like that's a that's an interesting design <laughs> choice. But like again, he's still on like the things that are that were a problem in Mexico are still a problem for Enrique. Right. And and for Rosa, like they're different they have different problems. But they're both Well, they still have the old problems the old, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, they didn't go away as soon as they crossed into America. And like, yeah, maybe like, you know, it's it's fine to make an argument that for a little while, like the the novelty of being in America and like the sort of suddenly new sort of enculturation you're going through and everything like might wash away some of that for a while. But like eventually you're going to start thinking about things again like you know what i mean eventually you're going to start like eventually you should start to like think about and talk about how this is all the same bullshit that like i mean that this is all basically the same bullshit you left yeah i mean it, it, you're eventually just going to have to talk about that and think about that um there's no i unless he unless this were a very different movie where he suddenly stumbles into like, Oh, and then I, I arrived in America and I immediately like became rich and famous. Like it, it, like eventually you would have to notice that the system is exploiting you in exactly the same way the old system was too. Right. you know um, There is know. Rosa does get that sort of explicit thing.
1: She says to him, I think on her deathbed about uh, they have no home now and where can they find a home? Right. Because in Mexico, there's only poverty. Uh, We can't make a home there. And here in the North, we aren't accepted. But it's not just... And even in that moment, she doesn't make that jump. It's not just that they're not accepted. It's that they're continually exploited in the exact same way anywhere they are. Uh, Yeah. And it's... It is disappointing that the movie didn't lean into that yeah. a little more.
0: Uh, yeah, it it really is. And, and you know, the funny, the not funny, I don't like, I, again, right. like the, the thing, the funny thing for me is that like, I've even, there's, there are other stories out there that exist that are much more explicitly about that in a much more intense way. And like they exist I mean, I don't know if they exist as mo- I. I can't think of a movie, and I guess that's the big deal here: is that this is a movie that like people have and c- will continue to watch. But like, I've I've read books yeah. and so that like I think... they get much more into more detail about like, and 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 paint much more interesting internal lives for the characters that they're talking about. So I think if if Tobar is right on his instinct
1: to compare this to Grace of Wrath, he is. Yeah, um, I would agree. but I don't think that uh, that was something Nava was thinking about when he wrote the story, right? And I think if Novava leaned into that a little more, we would get better, you know, internal <laughs> internal uh, lives right, for the right, characters. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, I just keep coming back to the fact that they are they are such a, you know, specific ethnic minority, a minority of a minority. And then we right. they're still treated as sort of these blank slates as they come through. And it's very weird. Uh and right. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Well um, and right. it's not it doesn't And obviously good. the and, movie the movie shouldn't feel good. Uh but it doesn't feel good in in a way that isn't the way the movie's supposed to make you feel bad,
0: <laughs> right? Right, right, right. Like I mean there's like the movie is explicitly supposed to be make you feel sad. Yeah. But like, it's not supposed to make you feel sad in the way that like, Oh, I feel bad about the way the movie was made. Right. Uh, And that's, you know, and like part of, you know, one of the first
1: things Nava says in the behind the scenes documentary is I wanted to give voice to the voiceless. And that's always an issue because what should be happening in this movie is what Arturo the dad is doing in the first two minutes of this movie, the first twenty minutes of this movie, and it is demanding your own voice, right? Not giving voice to a voiceless, right. but handing the handing the uh, disvoiced a microphone and letting them speak right. for themselves, advocate for themselves, uh, self advocate and self
0: determine. That's what we need, right? Right, I mean, and that's the classic problem, right? That I mean, that's and that's that is universally, continuously, Hollywood and most of entertainment's problem, and it's, right? Is that like they're that? That's just not going to happen. It's been a like, problem for a lot longer. You're not going to hand over that microphone, right? Oh yeah, because no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: we go back to to early nineteenth century abolition. So much of it was exploitation of tragic stories uh, instead of allowing uh self-advocacy and what really got the ball rolling as far as uh abolition is concerned was not sob stories uh no matter how terrible those stories were what what got the ball rolling was the self-advocacy of uh you know there's there were weekly slave rebellions.
0: We don't learn about that, but like somewhere right. in this well, country,
1: I mean, once there, a week, there's a whole extra right?
0: element to why we don't learn yeah. about those, right? But yeah,
1: uh, and that was uh, that was self advocacy, right? That is that is right, right? Absolutely. You know, we're recording this, uh, you know, the the first week of June, and June second is the was the 150th the uh, 150th uh, anniversary. I think I could be. It might have been 1862. I think it was 1861, though but it's like the 150th anniversary of uh you know Tubman's raid where she freed like right, 600 yeah, people in yeah. one night <laughs> um and right, and yeah. like you know what what John Brown was trying to do was not free slaves himself but arm the slaves so that they
0: could you know self determine right create the right, environment create, in which right. yeah they could yeah. it could actually happen on its own of yeah. uh, sort of its own course and right that's, well that i mean yeah yeah
1: and that's what well, and, what i want more from this movie is to to at least have them want to self advocate <laughs> right 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 exactly even even if they can't even if
0: they don't feel empowered to do it they should still want to like because the idea that you wouldn't want a voice for yourself is is a wild thought process right like that's basically and you know there is what you
1: said at the very beginning or at least much earlier uh about you know there is the the other aspect of keeping your head down and not not rocking the boat so that you're not deported you don't call attention to yourself and you don't make any complaints right but
0: like Right, but the thing about that is, is even like, n- like when people think to themselves, "I, I better not rock the boat," that is inherently in conversation with an internal part of you that wants to rock that right. boat,
1: and it's not like it's you not you who Enrique to, is I don't established boat, to be
0: at the beginning of the movie, right? Right, it's like you only yeah exactly like you can't you can't have an attitude of not wanting to rock the boat unless you inherently have a but the boat really really needs some fucking rocking right right like otherwise you're just a weird you're that um you're those what it turns out to be is you end up with a thing where you're those those great aliens in Futurama that have no opinions about any like (laughs) have no strong opinions about anything I forget I forget now because it's been so long the neutral planet right
1: the neutral planet
0: yeah. Yeah, and so it's it, which is just not a thing, right? Yeah. That's not a thing, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it, and I, I think another thing that is kind of the the, par- like kind of a parallel for me that I I've been thinking about while we've been talking is that the movie is also very careful in many ways to make sure that we don't think any of the people that the Americans they encounter are really bad, right?
1: With the exception the, of the, the actual the, border, the INS agent himself. The one we hear talk. They're the two we hear talk.
0: Yes. But, like, they're even kind of played as just, like, nice dudes. Yeah, they're,
1: they're, they're, you know, the comedy. they're the comedic racist because they're also easily tricked. Right? Right. So, you know.
0: But, like, if you, my opinion on that is, is I have a double, sort of two things, thoughts on that. I, I agree. But the thing is, is that I don't know. Let's be very clear here. I don't know if the movie wants us to understand them as bad. I think you and I have enough personal built-in biases that we're like, oh, those are bad. Yeah, those people. guys are bad. But, like, I'm not clear. I get a very, like, oh, this is, um, oh, shit, like, chips. So Here is <laughs> the, the uh, <laughs> kind of vibe from it. It's like they're, like, trying to find out where they're from to send them back, but, like, the movie doesn't. To me, this is just my opinion, doesn't feel like it's actually be like, well, you know, they're just doing their job. That's another point where the the behind-the-scenes thing complicates
1: this, too, right? Because we learn in the the behind-the-scenes documentary that uh, the making of that they filmed in an actual INS office while it was functioning. Right. Right? At an actual Which is
0: like the most one of the most upsetting things that we find out in, right. in that in that like uh, making
1: of, yeah you know david the the guy who plays uh plays enrique says you know we're sitting here undocumented ourselves at this point cuz they don't have the their proper work permits and there are people at other desks being deported right and that is right which is some dark ass that shit that is very dark <laughs> wow uh and and like you know it's it's just they got permission to film there. So, I mean, it's accurate to say that INS was a very different organization to what uh, Border Patrol and uh, and ICE is today because ICE, right. they didn't exist then. right? Um, they didn't exist until the 2000s. Uh, but at the same time, Uh, It's still, it is interesting of how they could have presented themselves and the story they were trying to tell that INS agreed to let them film in the office.
0: Right, because I, I think that really is telling because I got news for you. Like, if I feel like if I can walk into that, into what we watch and feel like, oh, well, you know, in the minds of the people who made this movie and probably the INS, like they didn't come off as bad guys they came off as just people doing their job right. it's the classic like cop thing right like well i'm just doing what i got to do like this is what we have to do because again when you when you when you try to understand what's going on in these situations as sort of as disconnected forces of nature then yeah the guy who's working at, at INS is just doing his job like i've got to i have to stem the tide right. i have to like I can't just let people wander into our country and do whatever the fuck they want. Like, you can build a worldview where, like, that, that yeah. is, you can, because most, uh, quite a huge portion of America has, where that's just fat matter of fact. You, you like they have to exist. We can't get rid of border patrol. Yeah, you compared it earlier like,
1: to talking about the weather, and that really is this is the weather. It's just the atmosphere that exists. Yeah, right. And yeah. and we can comment on it, but there's no changing the weather uh
0: right it 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 believes that this immigration issue is is wholly beyond the the ken of man yeah. like oh we didn't create this situation we have no control over it like you know it 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 is it, and 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 i believe that INS thought that i believe that probably our movie makers thought that well this because if you look at the the history of sort of immigration uh, like language about immigration and stuff in the united states that tracks that is the way most Americans at least at least the entire time I've been alive have viewed the quote unquote immigration problem in America as this sort of like well I mean again the, the it's you start with a the faulty premise of like well we can't just let anybody right. in we can't just let them like just let people wander in right. uh and if you start with that as like an, an immutable starting premise well then yeah, you have to have INS and they're just doing their job. Well, we can't just send everybody back to Mexico. It like it all sort of the dominoes just fall very easily after that. Right. Because you started with this really root, fundamentally flawed premise, and it's very easy to just work that out and just say, like, okay, well, the math follows. Like, um it it, it is they and and I think that extends from those INS agents to every we we're even kind of given even the person who call the, their co-worker who calls immigration on them is sort of given a pass by the story well he's just doing what he's got to do to survive right. like that's basically I mean like the movies still make sure to be like yeah kind of make a statement of like yeah fuck him but like it still definitely wants you to be like well but he's just doing what he's got to do to survive like, that's just what we do in America. Right. That's the American way. He's a young guy. And he not lives with the, his mom, right? You know, so. Yeah, he's got it. I mean, he can't let other people get in his way. Like, there's a certain sort of American hustle culture to the whole thing that implies that, like, yeah, that is, there is there is moral justification in what he does because he just has to do it to survive. Right. Um, and that's it. It's it's gross, but the movie wants us to do that the, the 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 woman who owns that house is like painted as a very like oh she seems nice enough. We're supposed to walk away being like oh she's not a bad lady, right? But like she is actively, violently participating in this right. system, right? And and in a really
1: hyper intense way. And I think you know the movie is particularly poignant when when Rosa decides to hand wash everything, and she's not the the boss, she's not mad that she Rosa has somehow ruined the clothes by hand washing them, which is the reaction I would almost expect her to have,
0: right? I was expecting yeah. that reaction, yes. Um,
1: but and she says, "Oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't live with you doing all that work," and like it's just her absolving herself of the position that she's in,
0: right? Right, she wants to believe that she is nice to these right. to these workers right. like that she's like that somehow she's better than the uh, you know like she tells herself a bedtime story the whole time, which is like well you know i i I don't give them that much work i I pay them well i i, I like all those things like like you could like yeah, but like like ugh, like but you're still like hiring like these people who are being actively exploited and you're exploiting them through your hiring of them. Like when like other options exist in the world. Yeah. Like it's like very well, it's like, but that, but the movie is not engaging that topic. Right. Right. Very clearly. Like it could, it could have. Yeah. And of course it gets, but it doesn't,
1: we do get the most of Rosa's internal life. I think in those sequences, because you know, it's, she is now working peripherally to the life of the good housekeeping magazines that she read back in Guatemala. She gets that longing look out the window of, uh, the young woman driving up in the convertible and the, presumably the boss's son who we never, we never actually meet either of those characters, but presumably the boss's son jumps into the convertible and they drive off, you know,
0: which is a crime in and of itself. I hate any time that happens in a movie, but like, looks like where we don't actually meet deeply. someone. Yeah, no, I meant jumping into convertibles. Oh, okay. But yeah, that too. I see. Uh, like both both of those things. I I don't know. I see that in a movie, and I I automatically try to find the stop button. I don't know why. <laughs> I just hate it so much. I see that particular trope of American movie making just oh, makes me want to throw you're up. You're concerned about, it about your knees. Why. That's what it is. Um, I mean, it's mostly jealousy. I couldn't do that even <laughs> if I wanted to. For, yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, what that
1: scene does for me, though, is make me think about what we could be seeing of Rosa interacting with the rest of this woman's family,
0: right? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, there's that. There's the fact that, like, Rosa doesn't acknowledge it. Like, <laughs> can we get into this thing? Like, you're right. Uh, uh, interacting with the rest of the family and how, how she interacts with them, how they treat her and how she treats them. And, like, but also um, there's the, the thing, like, you mentioned those good housekeeping magazines. There's no acknowledgement that that the entire lifestyle depicted in the good housekeeping magazines is dependent on modern slavery. Right. That like that's a fundamental inherent necessity to to the premise of those magazines. But
1: Rosa is that modern slavery, and we see that's her what I mean. And she doesn't that, is not that you know, yeah. and that's where the movie is apolitical in that having anyone in the movie realize that's what's happening. We can watch that and say that right. but but the movie But is, you could certainly watch right. it and
0: also not say right. that. Like you could just watch it and be like, well at least at least Rosa found someone nice yeah. to 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 exploit her. And she she has <laughs> self determined, right? She she and uh she and Nacha have
1: started their own business. And right. you know it's just it's its own thing too, right? Uh but yeah what really what really gets me about this movie is that uh we don't even see enrico enrique go through a change or rosa for that matter of of who they were in guatemala to become who they are in america we right, never really right. see that happen we get the series right, of events that, that lead to it but only physically
0: not emotionally uh, right and and really those and we and we you and I have acknowledged, like, the events we see don't <laughs> track with the person they become, the people they become right. when they arrive in America. Like, there's just no through line there at all. Yeah. Um, and I think probably a big problem is that, like, in some ways the movie, like, is, <laughs> as weird as this could sound, doesn't actually spend enough time in America. It doesn't spend enough time in Guatemala or Mexico either. Right. But, like, like, we don't. We don't see like really the establishment of a of a real life in America that that is that like we can feel profoundly like can profoundly understand what their life is really like that much actually in the United States, right? Because um, like the the life in the United States is pretty like it's just like a moment 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 into boot, right?
1: And we get a we get a pretty substantial time jump from them getting their first jobs to then... Uh, you know, the apartment's nice now. It's been cleaned
0: up. It's, yeah.
1: You know.
0: Uh, I mean, their English is better. So, like, the movie, yeah. like, telegraphs time to passing, but doesn't show us that time passing, so we don't see their growth as people. Right. Like, an English ability is not a, is not, not the again, kind of growth as a person I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: again, it is humanization as a civilization. So, like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got issues. Uh, but. You know, it is, it is them attempting to live a life that, you know, they, I don't know. I just, if it, if it made a point before the last two minutes of the movie about how they are emotionally reacting to the fact that, uh, California is not what they believed it to have been. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I feel like if it if it leaned more into the Grapes of Wrath parallels, it it might have worked a little better for me. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fine. It's a beautiful movie.
0: It's really well shot. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and and I think I think the movie probably in in all actuality, the movie achieves its intended goal. Yeah which is that sort of false humanization like of like this sort of like well th- this tragedy makes me understand how hard these people have it yeah. you know this this sort of that distance that exists it achieves all that i the movie s- and seems to have have achieved that in terms of like success of the movie itself yeah. in it, like in the sort of world stage right but like that's just not a very laudable goal Yeah. And it's, it really, what really gets me is, you know, you could, you could even watch this from a hardline
1: American first perspective and come away saying, yeah, everything I believe is right. Because if we had a hard, solid border, none of the bad things that happened. This wouldn't happen to these people would have happened to these people. Even, even the rats wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have happened, right? Because they never would have crossed the border.
0: Right. And, and the reality of the matter is, is that, what you what you're identifying there in addition to like what you're saying is that like there's almost fundamentally no difference in the two different sort of quote unquote two different sides of American politics view of 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 immigration. Right. Like n- neither of those the views that are present now are actually abolishment of borders. Right. Which is the only like real solution to any sort of Yeah, so, but Immigration. But problem, also, right?
1: whatever lip service is paid to varying beliefs, the elected officials aren't actually out to change anything.
0: Right. No, absolutely. That's also true. Because yeah, that it, both A and B yeah. are true. Right. Like, I mean, but in the end, like saying, look, we need hard borders when nobody gets in or we need is so not a difference between that. And like we need, quote unquote, immigration reform as to mean. Right. Basically be and you know to get a non-difference
1: to get really over
0: you know one of
1: uh, let's get super super into it uh in 2008 i voted for obama principally on the fact that you know he promised to close gitmo and then he was elected and didn't close gitmo right um and you know there were other factors, but that was one thing I remember thinking.
2: Well, we were but, promised a lot of yeah. stuff
1: that didn't that did not. And in the come to fruit, and at in all. a very similar fashion, a lot of what Biden said running up, particularly around immigration issues, and we had this you know, polarizing view of of detainment uh, under the under the Trump administration that Biden leaned into and said, Oh, we've got to stop this stuff.
0: And that stuff really hasn't stopped.
1: It's changed a
0: little no, bit. No, We renamed the facilities. Right. Calm. So that we, 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 we renamed the, the, the concept of detainment, the most into like <laughs> resident yeah. care facilities. I don't yeah. even remember what they One call of the them, most but, egregious yeah.
1: ones. The, the facility in Georgia where women were being sterilized against their will has closed, uh, but the remain in Mexico policy was <laughs> was well over a hundred days into his <laughs> into his administration. Yeah.
0: a thing that like literally was the right. the stroke of a pen to right. change right. like it, it's yeah. and like strokes of pens you know this whole situation could change
1: for hundreds of thousands of people if Biden did what
0: Reagan did and just signed an amnesty period, yeah, right. I mean, it, it would be a stupid-ass system, but you could have a, like, well, I sign Amnesty once a year to just, <laughs> right, like, right. clear the books. And it would like, work. it's a stupid-ass fucking system that sucks balls, but, like, it would be... At least it would be... Eight million it times would be better, better than, than, than what we have, right? I mean, it would be significantly, yeah. like, life-changingly better for huge numbers of people, I, right? Like, it, it's wild. I've talked on the podcast before
1: about uh, about Adith. Adith uh, Espinal. Uh, lived in the church I attend, uh, the Columbus Mennonite Church, for over three years because she was facing deportation under the Trump administration. And with the change of the administration, she is now not a priority. ICE is not actively looking for her. But they also don't have to. You know, They always knew she was in the church, right? But there is that uh, sort of... <laughs> there's the optics people were still concerned about the optics of uh, getting someone out of a church. Uh, there are occasions right. I'm, I'm, where U S law enforcement they, are not concerned about those optics anymore, but they were still ISIS concerned about those optics to an extent.
0: Yeah. A church in the middle of Ohio is right. one of the ones that they might <laughs> right, be concerned right. about. Mennonites too. We got that going for right. us.
1: But, uh, uh, so, so Edith is out. She, she put in petition for a stay of removal, that passed, uh, or was approved. Which really, w- the, one of the most bewildering things I learned about that is that the local chief of the ICE office has the has the authority to approve that. So like, it's it could have just been done, but right. <laughs> and yeah. the guy hasn't changed. It's still the same guy who's been in charge for the last
0: four years. Well, it's those, it's like, those assholes at the, right, in, the, in the in the in the INS right, office right, that we right. see in this movie of like, well, I'm just doing my right, job, just doing this uh, job. Uh, change of administration, now my orders yeah. are approved, these yeah. things. But but now
1: she is, she no longer needs to live in the church, but she is not free. She's not... Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. She's not wearing an ankle monitor because uh, in the four years of the administration, they have moved away from ankle monitors. They're under the Trump administration, INS, not INS, it's not INS anymore, but ICE and Border Patrol and, and the DHS overarching no longer uh really uses uh ankle monitors but what they use instead is a phone app so it's still constant gps monitoring it is still uh who who knows what else a phone app is monitoring they've got to take a picture of themselves uh once a month uh to prove their their with gps tag (laughs) tag on it um yeah, so it's even, it is even more overt, constant surveillance, right? Right, and that is not a solution. It is
0: no, it's it's actually yeah, I mean, it it's is the opposite of a right? solution. Uh, uh, in yeah. many ways, I mean, well, and that's the thing is right. Like, it, there's a, you get into this thing like her life is obviously better in, like in many ways materially it is better material, yeah, right she gets like, to sleep in a bed but at the same time with her family like, right. right right which is which is an amazing thing but if you consider the fact that like one more stroke of the pen could mean she never has to worry about it right. ever again and it would be so easy i mean she still lives in a capitalist nightmare world but like i mean come on who doesn't right, right. um and there's I still mean, and and that's the problem is that like every president has that power inherent to them which is 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 a wild thing to th- to think right. about, right? Like, you're, it like it's that. It's the it's the presidential version. It's one of many presidential versions of that. Like the oh well, you know, Jeff Bezos woke up today and decided not to end right, poverty. Right, right, and that's like, yeah. B- like Biden walks into the office every day and decides to not s- save the lives of right. some inordinately enormous group of people. Right.
1: An interesting thing Nava has about this movie is that he believes that it's. uh did have material change that it was in the wake of this movie, uh, that public opinion swayed enough that the United States government recognized, uh, Guatemalan immigrants as refugees, uh, that they, that asylum was offered to them. Um, it's another interesting aspect of, of no wall they can build, uh, one of the first things, um, one of the first chapters is defining terms. And the author writes, I make no distinction between migrants crossing the border for economic reasons and refugees crossing the border to flee violence right. or persecution. In my experience, these are arbitrary categories, and most people's motivations are a combination of both. And we see in this movie a combination of both, right? They are, right. They are fleeing overt violence. They have reasonable fear that they will be killed uh but they are traveling north for economic reasons, right, you know to make a better life right, right right, and you know it's just yeah, again, I think there there are issues in how the characters are portrayed, even as they are well acted and this is well shot and it's a very interesting movie and uh you know the the rat scene is horrific, uh absolutely, one hundred percent and seems to drag on much longer than it actually physically lasts. Um but yeah, it's just the I don't know. I don't need I don't need Enrique to become a Chavez and try to try to unionize the kitchen he's working right. in.
0: But I need to ha- I need him to have an impetus <laughs> to right. To... Right, I need him to like be able to understand the situation he's in. Right. Like, yeah. As a person, as a human. Um, yeah.
1: And I guess there's, yeah, I, you know, I part of, that. part of it is maybe not knowing how old the characters are supposed to be. Both of the actors are in their early twenties. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they're maybe supposed to be younger than yeah. that. They, uh, they seem to like be, neither as, of them are characters. married.
1: So like, right. You know, that implies maybe they are in their, their teens. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, I really loved this movie in so many ways, but I really, it was kind of like White Dog a couple of weeks ago, you know, I really, really wanted White Dog to be what the director wanted White Dog to be.
0: Right. Right. Uh, yeah, total. Well, and the, and the <laughs> thing about it is, is that like, at least with White Dog, that's what the director wanted it to be. Right.
1: Even if he failed at making this it that. Is,
0: yeah. Whereas this is not the direct what I don't want this movie to be what the director.
1: Yeah. wanted. I think the director. Achieved I want this to be what the, the director should have right. wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now this seems to, to have, to have done what he set out to do and what he set out to do. Maybe wasn't, uh, wasn't what he should have set out to do. Um, <laughs> Right. But yeah. It's still, you know, it's a fantastic tale and it's and by that I mean well-made. It is obviously not fantastic. It is a very normal tale actually. <laughs> oh, right. right. Uh and if anything things have gotten worse since then. Uh Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially 100%. especially with, you know, pushing Pushing migration out into the deserts. You know, there's reasons organizations like No More Deaths have to exist because there are people dying very, very explicitly, very overtly. They are not getting captured by the helicopters flying over the mountains of Southern California. They are not uh, getting typhus from crawling through sewers, though maybe they are. Uh, But one thing they are absolutely doing is... Starving to death and dehydrating in the middle of the desert. Out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And uh, organizations that are leaving water for them, that water is being destroyed by the U.S. government, and those people are being arrested for leaving it there. Yeah. And that's a thing that is happening, right? In see the court cases, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think this is an important movie. I think it was important at the time. I think it would be important. I think it was important when it was re-released two years ago. But at the same time, as I've already said, I think it's important. It's importance can be very easily eclipsed by the worldview you bring to watching it. Right. It is not a movie that I think effectively changes a worldview. I think it is a movie where, it can very easily reinforce whatever you think going into it. Uh, And maybe I'm being too hard on it because of that, because I didn't feel challenged by it. But at the same time, I didn't feel challenged by it because I know a lot of these things, right? Right. Not explicit details, but everyone's explicit details are different anyway. But yeah. It's <laughs> I yeah. guess another weird aspect of this movie is that cultural stereotypes play off frequently. Like Yeah, yeah. Like he pretends to be Mexican by by just cursing a lot and only one Mexican he so encounters. No, only one person yeah. he encounters, period, sees through that. And, and it's the first the first
0: Mexican they meet. Right. It's it's his first go <laughs> yeah. at it. Yeah. Like it's Yeah, absolutely. It's like by the time he, like, no, I mean, you know, I guess to a certain extent, right, that's sort of in the vein of trying to learn a a dialect of of a language you already speak fluently. Like, you know, it's not, I mean, it would be like you going to, I mean, like, yeah. I say this only in like a very mild, like sort of general way, but you moving to the UK and like, how fast can you pick up a fake British accent that people might actually believe, right, you know, right. like probably actually pretty fast. Uh, honestly speaking, because like you, like that kind of thing is not a terribly difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um,
1: I was say the, the behind the scenes documentary provided a lot of interesting anecdotes about the creation of this movie that were, uh, that were maybe unique in our experience with movies shot in Central and South America through this decade. Uh, you know, they didn't have the, the guilt of, uh, Walker, you know, everybody, everybody in Walker realized what was happening and were like, I don't, I don't want to benefit from this. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, right. Exactly. Uh,
1: but also didn't put a stop to it. And, uh, right. And, you know, they didn't have the overt exploitation that, that that approaches to um, I won't say that you know something like missing there was I mean exactly. they definitely
0: did have some overt exploitation because they apparently just rolled into these towns like well we could pay you guys in rice right oh well uh, starving to death we can pay you in rice I mean
1: that's that's fair but also existing outside of the market economy is maybe not a bad idea for some of this stuff too no like, no
0: what I mean though is that like the material conditions that, like, were improved
1: you're... by the pay they received
0: so right improved but like when you like that's always the question right, right. like but like clearly the movie had the ability like were, the movie production had the ability to improve those conditions and materially quite a bit more than yeah they yeah too. were they still paid like, oh they're still selling at the cheapest market value yeah. they can find right. which is like right. oh this this like this bag of rice is enough right yeah yeah, is the sort of invocation. Whether there. or not it's they like,
1: received fair compensation, even if it was compensation in the way they would have desired to be compensated.
0: Right, right. Yeah. That's <laughs> I was not arguing about the kind of compensation. <laughs> right. I was talking about whether right. or not, like, whether or not, like, oh, we made sure you didn't starve to death for the time we were here. <laughs> right, right, right. Is is like not high praise. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's not. You know, I think about uh, burden of dreams. You know, where. Where they got all this involvement from, uh, you know, local. Uh, Fitzcarraldo got all this involvement from from local indigenous groups in the Amazon, with the promise that they would support their claims for self determination, and then just
0: abandoned them essentially. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's obviously a sliding scale of shittiness. Right. I'm just saying, <laughs> right. like, like my my point is, it's like in the end, like. You got this free labor. This labor for much less than the, you should. The mere yeah. fraction of what you should have paid for this labor is right. all I'm saying. Right.
1: And Walker certainly like had had that sort of exploitation going on too with the behind the scenes stuff about uh, right how the uh, <laughs> the American expats went on strike because they weren't making enough even as and then the the line producer says but they were making three times as much as we were paying all the locals so.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, it's just right. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um or whatever it was. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that's the basic sentiment of right. it, yeah.
1: Some very interesting backstories, you know, in in, you know, the the church scene where the whole town shows up because they didn't they thought they got permission, but they didn't get proper permission. Um which is, you know, the same sort of exploitation that the the coyotes they meet in Tijuana are are putting on. These outsiders too, right? You know, of saying right. I have the authority to say X, X, and X, but they don't actually have that authority, right? So, right, because uh, it's all a scam. Because capitalism <laughs> allows for it to be a scam. Is a scam itself. But yeah. Anyway. Um.
0: Uh, yeah, I think one of the last things I I kind of wanted to talk about with regards to the movie in general is like um. It really, as soon as we got in, we got into the movie. It recalled to mind a book I read, uh-huh. uh, uh, in for uh, as part of my masters, but that's not really relevant. Like, what, why? is the yeah. timing was like that. Um, it called Enrique's Journey, mm-hmm. which is a quite a good book that that tells the like is a nonfiction book about the story of a Honduras, a young Honduras man traveling from Honduras to the United States and his journey. And uh I was hoping that the movie was going to be much more like that. The movie the, that book is still not necessarily as political as it could be, but because it's dealing with his internal life directly, yeah. it is a it is a it is about him and he is like being interviewed to to write it. Uh does get much more into his internal life and like why he makes choices he makes and like what's going on and stuff like that. And I was really like I ended up having to compare this movie to that and that was a bit of a letdown in and of itself. Yeah, It was like, Oh, I thought we were going to get more. I was thought I was going to get a lot more of that than, than this movie had on offer. But if you're ever, if you're looking for a really pretty, it's been now somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I want to say 15 years since I read it. But like my memory is that it was a very good telling of this kind of journey story about like, especially since it is from the perspective of a person who did the journey and like what happened and that sort of stuff so the movie paled in comparison to my memory of that book which did not help the movie for me personally yeah um, yeah that's fair uh, so if you're looking for something to do that is related to the topic but is not this movie <laughs> go read that there book. you go
1: read Enrique's journey uh, check out know all they can build Uh you know, get involved. Actually, you know, support people doing the work. Uh yeah. Um, it's just, you know, there's so much to be done and there is so much there's just a lack of motivation for a federal government to do anything. So right. yeah, except band aids at best. Uh and that's not what we need. This is not a nonprofit organization stepping in and offering band-aids is not what we want. We want we want organizations like no more deaths to not have to exist. So right yeah, right. absolutely. Do the work. Anyway. Uh of course the US government wants organizations like no more deaths to not exist. So
0: uh Right, yeah, that, Maybe that's we, also we, worth it. I also out, don't right?
1: want them to exist, but I don't want them to exist for very, for very different, different reasons, reasons yeah. and through very different methods. I think we could probably draw this one to a close. This week we have been talking about El Norte, uh, put out in 1983, directed by Gregory Nava, written by Nava and his producer Anna Thomas. A beautiful movie that we really want to be more than what it is, even as what it is is very heavy to begin with. But, uh, yeah. Next week, we'll be talking about The Exterminating Angel, 1962 Mexican film, uh, directed by Luis Bunuel. Always fun to see Bunuel. This, uh, I don't know that, we, I don't think we've seen a lot of Bunuel in Mexico, with the exception we did the, no. uh, we did that bonus episode where we watched his version of, uh, uh Robinson Crusoe that we didn't really like, but, uh,
0: Oh right. Ooh, it, ah, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: But this should be uh, this should be interesting. It is described as a supernatural surrealist film. And we like we like when Bunell gets surrealist. So look forward yeah. to that certainly. Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I'm as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Otari Dorgan. I will see you next time. Mm. Lost in Criterion. I'm your co-host Adam Glass. You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My partner is John Patrick O'Callar Dorgan, and you can find him at J Patrick Dorgan. Check out more of the show at LostInCriterion.com, or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at patreoncom Criterion Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Hape. Check him out at JonathanHape.com. And thanks for listening
2: appreciate it.